0: Congratulations on being a legal resident of Germany. Looks
1: like you're stuck with me for the next four years. Four years? Four years, buddy. Four years. It took a long time. I was listening to our first episode and I'm like, dang, so much has happened since then. Didn't we just start? It seems like it, doesn't it? But it was like, we started in like February, right? February or March.
0: And that was August, yeah, we're on episode eleven. Wow. So you got your visa. Do you want to explain? Because yes. in the one of the first episodes, we went through all of the different types of visas and yes, stuff.
1: But we actually went through a loophole to get my visa. Oh, interesting. Um, so um one of our amazing co workers, Isa, shout out to you. Isa with the visa. Um, Is that her name now? Isa <laughs> with the visa. Um, she has helped me so much during this process. But essentially, and if you're listening to this um, and you do work for a German company, you can actually apply for a visa online. Through business immigration services, um, which is kind of different than making your own appointment, you know, that and doing that all yourself. It's something that I would think the government would, you know, advertise a lot more, but they don't. Mm -hmm. Such a Berlin, Germany thing, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, But essentially what she had to do as the company... Um, she had to create an account, ask the company and say, Hey, we have an employee or we have someone, I'm not, it wasn't an employee technically yet. Yeah. We have someone who we want to hire and bring to Germany and we need to get their visa approved. Mm-hmm. So you essentially apply online and you send all of your paperwork through them online. Yes. Um, the paperwork process is a little bit tricky and it required us to spend like a lot of time, you know, like Looking at what was required and like editing stuff or whatnot. But we were able to submit all the paperwork like online.
0: Uh-huh. Um, and which this, is not common in Germany. Not common. Normally at you'd have all. to send a fax.
1: Yes. Yes. Which is like I said, there is. Slowly but surely, Berlin is moving towards the technical world now. Um, It's the 21st century. Maybe the 22nd century, we'll see a fully integrated (laughs) system. But, you know, this is better than nothing. Um, So, we sent in all the paperwork officially, I think, like the end of May. Um, And it took them until like two weeks ago to get back to us saying, all your paperwork is correct.
0: So, we're in August now. Yes
1: um all your paperwork is correct here is your appointment date and time be here it wasn't me choosing it was no
0: wasn't. it's never like that any any anything the government wants you to like they it's not like you pick an appointment they give you yes. an appointment and you are there
1: exactly and thankfully you know i was available to be there and so weirdly, it was such an easy process. Like like the actual me going into the building whatnot. One is not the like typical building that they do that type of things. It's like a cer- different building. Very nice. And they have like a certain section for, you know, business immigration services. There was like no one in there. Everyone spoke English. I literally like just went and sat down. Um, they just asked me for my passport and like... Um, like my biometric photo, and then typed in all the information. They said, here's your paper. You're here for four years. You'll get your actual visa card in the mail in four to six weeks. Pay your fee, and there you guys go. And so what's the
0: visa, the type of visa you have? It's a work visa. I think it's just like the standard working visa. And the reason you were able to get it is because our company is a German company. Is a German company saying we would like to hire this American yes. resident.
1: Exactly. Um, and it worked. It worked. And like I said, it was so so surprising that the actual appointment was easier than like everything else. Like um, Isa came with me to the appointment, but she didn't need to
0: be there. And so why is this a loophole? Like, this sounds like the system working as intended. Why Because
1: if I Google this, I don't find anything. <laughs> I Googled it and like, there was nothing on the web, like, like, nothing on Google. If I just type in like, it just takes you to the standard, you know, process. But like, okay. I didn't, re- I, I find, I used to say a new loophole because I haven't heard anyone talk
0: about it. I see. And can we link to this website then? Yeah. And so, but... Is this is this what you would call a company sponsoring you? Is that because I hear that term? Like, are, yes,
1: I, I would say that's a company sponsoring me. But I mean, like, if I was applying for a work visa, anyways, I could only apply for a work visa. If we're talking about specifically a work visa, I could only still apply for a work visa if there's a company here who wants to hire right. me as a worker.
0: And so, I think, I mean, basically, what you want to have is a company that wants to hire you. And it needs to be a qualified job in the sense that, like, you have to have had higher education or something like that, yeah. right? It, it can't be like you wouldn't get a job at McDonald's. That way. No, no, even if McDonald's was able or willing to do the process with you, I don't know would that work? Do you think?
1: I have no idea. I mean, I wouldn't probably generally move to Berlin to, for that type of a job, but I think it still has to like the process is still the same as if you were to apply for a visa, mm-hmm. the typical way of going mm-hmm. on their website and trying to find your own appointment yourself. Cause there's still qualifications that you still have to meet. I think it's generally the same. Mm-hmm. Um, don't quote me on this, um, but it's worth like l- looking into um, if you are somebody who has gotten a job like um, exception or like some j- company does want to hire you yeah. or not. Um, but it's, technically them doing it for you which yeah. i think
0: that's the difference that's the big difference it's, and that's why it's like a a more like a better experience because yes. they're actually the customers the the german companies that are, the are customers that yeah. are like saying hey we need qualified people there aren't enough workers in germany exactly. which is a huge topic even like on the political agenda it's just like the German industry is like suffering for qualified workers. And so there's probably a lot of pressure to have at least that part of the immigration system run smoothly mm-hmm. and effectively.
1: Exactly. And I think also just post-COVID, I think it makes just much more sense. Um, but I just find it a loophole because like the typical process of going onto the website and checking morning to night trying to find your appointment It's similar to, it's like the same type of thing, if you already have a, like, we're only talking about if you already have a job here. Yeah, yeah. Um, Then I'm like, if you already have a job here, then why don't they just encourage you to just say, hey, talk to your company and then go to this part of the website? Because I think
0: technically speaking, you can't already have a job. You can only have an... A possible employer yeah. who wants to hire you.
1: That's the same that's the same that's standards though for if you're just doing it yourself too. Like right. like you can't be working, like you, you can't work here without a visa. The whole right. thing is applying for the visa. So, so, so you
0: can work here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like I would bit just of a recommend catch 22.
1: <laughs> I would just recommend um anyone to like try to just look on that side of things. Like I said, I don't know the specific details of like why. That's not more of a conversation. I don't know how new of that process that is or whatnot. Yeah. But it worked for us. Like, like it was still, it still took a lot of time. Like we applied in May and didn't really get back. They didn't hear. We didn't really hear back from them until like August. So it still like took those three months and stuff like that. Yeah, but that's fast for. German yeah, bureaucracy. and I think because we're also a company doing this, you know, it's urgent, you know, we need yeah. this person to work for us or whatnot. Yeah. Um, so, yep, yeah, that's your tip right there. And like I said, they approved me for four years. So,
0: so we'll talk about jobs more later on, but uh, w- I want to know what happens after those four years.
1: I guess you can renew it, you yeah. know?
0: I think so too. I think it, like the four years is just so that you don't, because I think, like, if you quit your job, you can then still stay, right? Like, yeah, it's valid no matter why you can find another job. Mm-hmm. But if yeah, if you don't do anything, then after four years, you have to, to go. leave or go through the same process.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I think it's anything with like any visa permit, you have a, a certain time and you have to re like renew your visa permit.
0: Yeah, there are unlimited. Visas that aren't citizens that are short of citizenship, but Mm -hmm. are like, okay, you can stay here forever. Yeah. Um, Which that's essentially what, uh, if I decide to stay in Berlin
1: or Germany for a longer time, that's essentially what I would like to do. That's what you're aiming for. Yeah. Because right now, I mean, Germany does not allow dual citizenship. Um, which is such an interesting thing, and I'm not giving up my American citizenship. No, um, no, sir.
0: <laughs> not for sorry, not sorry, but not for Germany. <laughs> really? What's what's better about the American citizenship than the German one?
1: I mean, I'm I'm American. You
0: know, like at the end of the day, it's I, an identity. Yeah,
1: thing? it is. I mean, my family lives in America. Like, I want to always be able to go back to America. You know, one day I will probably live in America again. I know that for sure. Yeah. Um, like I like Berlin, but I'm not saying not that, that much. <laughs> I don't like like I'm, I didn't come here for Germany.
0: I came here for Berlin. I see. Know? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, plus, like, I would love dual citizenship. The dual citizenship thing is something we should probably do an episode about because you're right. Like, per by default, you if you take obtain gain German citizenship, you have to give up your other citizenship. Except, and then there's a million exceptions. Not a million. There's a, some exceptions. Like, if your home country doesn't allow you to give up your citizenship. Like some countries just flat out say, look, you like it or not, you are staying a citizen because you can't you can tear Argentina's up your, like that. For correct. example, you can't you can tear up your passport, but you're still a citizen. And so then you can keep them
1: which morally is that
0: okay. <laughs> well that's a big <laughs> that's question. A <laughs> you know, what is a nation anyway and stuff. But yeah. anyway, yeah, that's a good topic for another time. You mentioned that you wanted to Talk about hope and optimism.
1: Yeah. So I was listening to our, my, the first podcast that we ever did. And I was filled with so much hope and so much optimism. And, you know, like
0: during my now time. Now you're there, just a grumpy old. <laughs> yeah.
1: Which there are so many memes about that. Like I'm actually not alone in that. Like yes. I was showing uh, Manuel this meme of like tourists in Berlin, super happy, super yeah. great. And the citizens of Berlin, just very, ah, everything sucks. <laughs> and like, Yes, I think I definitely experienced that part of things. But I think always, at the end of the day, it's still good to be optimistic because, like, I got my visa. I got it, you know? So, obviously, it worked. It may have not worked the way that I expected it to, which Manuel also foreshadowed in the first episode um, in around five minutes and 30 seconds. (laughs) Um, But, like... I think it's just very important. Like I did lose hope and optimism like at a certain time. I was just like, everything was just wrong. Like this isn't how it should be or whatnot. And granted, no, nothing was as it should have been, quote unquote, based off of my expectations. But I think it's still valid, you know, to not lose yourself
0: in in the music.
1: Yeah. And not lose yourself in the challenges that arise. You know, obstacles are not necessarily indicators that you're doing something wrong or that you should be turning away from things. Obstacles mean that you're trying and that, you know, that things are going the way that they do, you know. The mountain is nothing without the climb, you know. So, it does get challenging and it does get hard. But, like, it was a goal of mine. So, like, I don't think I'll be doing myself a service by, you know, quitting on that goal. Especially, I still haven't even been here for four months yet, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm technically
0: just unlike. Three Exchange student territory. Yeah. Like a six months, you know, exchange experience. Even, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So
1: it's like, if you're listening, whenever you're listening to this, if you are in Berlin and you're struggling or whatnot, know that one, you're not alone. Like everybody has gone through that. I have heard that from every single person that it's not like a singular experience. And then two... You don't do yourself any favors by being pessimistic. I think that's also the thing, too. It's, mm-hmm. it's like you can be pessimistic, but you're not going to... The universe is not going to justify why you should have everything if you just, you know, continue to be grumpy. Plus, also, it's like, why let experiences do that to you, you know? Like, why let things drag you down? Um, it's it's very challenging and it's very hard. And I think you should, you know, show yourself compassion And validate that you're going through some troubling times, but also know that everyone goes through troubling times and it's not an indicator that things are going wrong. It's just an indicator that you are doing your best and that things are working out in your favor at the end of the day.
0: This basically answers the question that we got from Daniela, who's 30 and from Mexico City. And she wrote a very long and sweet email and really shares your feeling of Berlin has just always called her name, like she was here once. And she just, even though she's not into clubbing or any of the things Berlin is known for, really feels like this is her place. But a lot of reasons have kept her from pursuing that dream and coming here. And then she writes that... I want to return, but I'm terrified about it. I don't even know where to begin. All I have right now is my love for the city and literally nothing else. Meanwhile, depression keeps me apathetic and demotivated a good chunk of the time, while anxiety keeps me preoccupied with all the ways that I might fail and keeps my head filled with excuses of why I should stay in Mexico. Jay, you sound like a fearless person, <laughs> but have you ever had to deal with these thoughts? If so, if you do, how do you fight them or at least tame them enough so you can manage to move abroad.
1: I was literally in the hospital. Like, I deal with fear all the time. And I think there's a medical, I don't know who it by, but um, it summarizes by like, courage isn't fearlessness. Courage is being scared and doing it anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of like what I live by. Like, I'm terrified all the time. I have, I have general anxiety disorder. That's literally what I was diagnosed with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always challenging and it's always terrifying you know to especially if you don't know what's going to happen and especially if you have expectations and then they don't meet your expectations even more it's scary because you're just like what the hell is happening why is everything going wrong what did I do wrong you know you have all of these thoughts and all of these like 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 just just like fearful just energy all around you you know um I think the biggest thing is to show yourself compassion and also just, you know, like when I say show yourself compassion, it's like if your friend was going through this, what would you tell them? Mm-hmm. You know, you will we'll understand, you know, that they're new, that things are, are, they're novice to it all, you know, that, that things are challenging, but they're doing it anyways. And you have to show yourself that same compassion and you have to, be patient with yourself and be patient with the environment that you're in. You know, if you're terrified of going, that's okay. You know, everyone is terrified. You know, like I might seem optimistic, you know, in the audio recording, but that's because I just don't want to listen back on myself and hear this negative per person. But like, I am always terrified, you know?
0: And and I think like there's something to be said about optimism for sure. But I think... There's also the other side, which I guess is kind of stoicism or actively Mm. imagining, like following that fear through, like looking it in in the eye and following it through to its like, like basically saying, okay, so if that actually happens, let me paint that picture. And then if like going through all the steps of everything that could go wrong to the logical conclusion of, okay, like I'm completely broke, I'm homeless and whatever. And kind of putting yourself in that, like living that experience in your head or some famous stoicists have, you know, gone through Mm -hmm. the trouble of actually living in poverty for a while to actually experience, because then you can come out of it and kind of realize while that is obviously, you know, terrible, it's like... I've survived it, like I'm still here and it's actually not the end of the world. Like it might be a painful experience, but you can survive it. And knowing that even if you fall really low, which you likely will never fall that low as your fears would tell you, that you would still be okay. And I think that's also like a good process to go through.
1: That's one of my biggest affirmations is everything is and forever will be okay. Sometimes, like when you're in the storm, it doesn't seem like it, but you always get out of the storm. You know, the storm doesn't last forever. Mm -hmm. And like in my case, the worst that could always happen was I just go back to the U.S., Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. isn't necessarily the worst that could happen because I'll be going back to my family. I'll be going back to like saving money. I'll be going back to like people that I know. You know, so like it's like it wasn't that 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 bad. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's just. Important, you know, too, I, I think, like, except, you know, that you will experience obstacles. And I'm not here to tell you that everything's going to be all good. You you might—some of your worst fears might come into play. Right. Like, like, my worst fear was that I would not have my visa before, you know, my technical three months here. And all of my fears— I have been confronted with them, but I'm also here talking to you about those fears that yeah. have happened in the past. So obviously I got through it, you know. I think um you mentioned this, the stoicism is really a good point. Um basically stoicism can be defined in one phrase, it's the obstacle is the way.
0: Yeah.
1: You know? Which is actually a book by James Holiday. Um, if you guys want to look into that, isn't it Ryan Holiday? Ryan Holiday. That's his name. Yes. I got the last name right. <laughs> um, but um, uh, essentially, you know, yeah, you are going to face challenges and stuff, but sometimes, you know, sometimes I do ask myself the question, is it worth it? Is it not? Some I, I don't know the answer to that, to be fair, but I'm doing it and I'm here. And, you know, I might as well just keep going with it because the thing is, I think the thing I'm also realizing is that there is no easy way out, no matter where you are. You could even think that going back home is the easiest way, but home also deems some challenges, maybe just different challenges, but there's still challenges nonetheless. So if you're going to be facing challenges, why not face challenges in a place where you actually really want to go and you really want to enjoy and stuff, you know? Yeah. And party. Um, So yeah, I would say, um, try it out and just see and know that once again, like if things don't work out, you can always go back home. Um, but if you do face challenges when you're not alone 2 you'll get through it. Three, you'll figure it out. Um, it won't be easy. And I don't want anyone to think it's going to be easy. Like, I think that's just toxic positivity, you know, like say you won't have any problems, but know that if you do have problems, you can always go, you always get through them. You're not alone. Other people have had these same problems and that you'll always feel, I think, more proud of yourself At the end of it, you know, once crossing that bridge, I've never regretted going through a problem, especially once I've crossed the temporary finish line. And so I'm like, damn, yeah, I went through that.
0: Final quote that I want to mention is attributed to Mark Twain, but probably wasn't said (laughs) by him. Um, But it's a great quote. I am an old man and have known a great many troubles, but most of them never happened.
1: Love that quote. I've heard that one before, too. A lot of your fears just exist in your head, you know? Um, most of the scariest things don't actually end up happening. And if they do, like I said, it's not as severe as it might be. Like, my whole mental health episode, it was pretty, like, bad, but it wasn't that bad, you know? I'm still here. Yeah, still you're smiling. still here. That's that's I'm what I'm thriving, you know? Um, still gotta find a house but you know <laughs> one problem at a time
0: so let's talk about finding a job I mean you found the job before you came here do you want to give a quick uh, explanation of your job and how you found it?
1: Yeah, so I work for um, Easy Languages, um, which if you know Easy German, Easy Languages, is like the overall like umbrella.
0: The of the empire.
1: Yeah, it's a parent company. Um, and I am a partner, partners manager. So essentially we have a lot of different teams. Um, and my goal or my task essentially to help manage these teams, help support these teams, um, help develop, great systems and you know be the person they can like look to if they have any questions or whatnot and essentially just be a strong support system um so the way that i found easy languages or um, easy german specifically i don't know i was not a fan like i did not know easy german. not a fan i
0: actually hated it i mean <laughs> it was i actively hated it
1: <laughs> i didn't really know anything about easy german to be fair um I. Everyone asks me how I found the job, and like I don't know specifically how I
0: found the job posting for it. Um, you you initially um, applied for a different position. Yes, but I don't know how I. And found, then we interviewed you and kind of kept you in the pipeline. As yes, I say.
1: yes, but I still don't know how I found. That like like that the that original posting. position yeah yeah um but essentially the original position was for video editing for Easy German which now think like I don't know like how I would have even done that I don't speak German at all I can't do that it went to Chris which he is a great 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 editor um but some way somehow. I used a magical source of Google, and I found the job posting. And I made, like, a little, like, video, like, interview or whatnot. Um, Didn't get the position, but that was okay. I spoke to Kari, and I spoke to you. Like, I remember, like, Kari was like, you should talk to Manuel. I think you guys would get along really well. Mm -hmm. Here we are a few years later. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, but then... um, I was patient, you know, I moved back to Texas. So also, one thing I will also say that things don't happen overnight. You made a good point earlier that, what was it, the whole 10 years?
0: Oh, this quote, like... um... Becoming a millionaire overnight takes 10 years.
1: Yes. Okay. So that's kind of the same thing with this whole Berlin thing. Um, I was in the UK at the time trying to find my way to get to Berlin. And I remember I applied for this the editing position in February of 2021, right? Mm-hmm. I did, so I didn't get it. So in May of 2021, I went back to Texas. Mm-hmm. Um I ended up moving to Austin. I got a job there. And then didn't really like my job. So then, randomly, um, Kari had reached out to me in November of 2021 saying, Hey, we have this new job position. Are you interested in taking it or whatnot? Did the application process. Two months later, starting in January of 2022, I started working with Easy Languages. Four months later, or three months later, in April, I ended up moving to Berlin. So if you see my timeline, it was all spaced out and it took time. Yeah. You know, but it happened.
0: I would, I would. Yes. We have have our next podcast guest waiting. Really? Already? Aren't we starting at five? No, at five. Oh, okay. Then I think we need to take a break (laughs) to be continued. (laughs) We're back. A quick intermission of <laughs> three days. <laughs> um, we're in the future now. <laughs> so what happened was that I had forgotten that I was scheduled to record another, vid- po- another podcast episode for another podcast, which you may or may not know about. And so we had to uh, kind of take a break. And we're continuing our conversation now. For you guys, it's literally just been one second. (laughs) For us, though, (laughs) it's been three days. (laughs) I love how funny you find this idea of (laughs) editing. (laughs) Okay. Yes, we're back. And we're talking about jobs. Because I think we talked about optimism and stuff. Yes, we did. See, this is how bad my memory is. that I already (laughs) forgot what happened.
1: First part is about optimism and hope. And now we're talking about jobs and like actually being able to get here and there's three categories of jobs
0: right i thought we could kind of split this conversation into kind of three different sections starting with what i call the gig economy i'm pretty sure i'm using that term wrong (laughs) um i think that term kind of originated with like uber and stuff where people do something and they're paid not on an hourly basis or on a on a like with a salary, but based on gigs, right? Mm -hmm. The amount of rides they deliver or whatever. And I basically mean those kinds of jobs, whether or not they're paid that way exactly. Like what I have in mind is all of these people who basically deliver things in Berlin. Like it's crazy what you can get delivered these days in Berlin, like essentially everything. So restaurants, restaurants, obviously, cafes, Deliver with shops, shops, um, drugs like you can get. Like, there's like a pharmaceuticals guy, pharmaceuticals, yeah, pharmaceuticals, <laughs> drugs, probably too. I, I mean, think you, it, yeah, I don't yeah. know if there's an official <laughs> app for it, but uh, yeah, and then I even saw like these ads for an app where you can get kind of luxury goods like Apple products and jewelry and stuff delivered within. 15 minutes. You know, if the mood strikes you and you're in the mood for (laughs) an iPhone, you can have it. There is nothing you can't get. Within (laughs) 15 minutes and someone who's severely underpaid will bring it on a bicycle. That's my impression of that kind of realm. Mm -hmm. And that's as much as I know about it, really. I kind of hope we can do an episode with some people who are doing those kinds of jobs. Mm-hmm. So who are delivering for Volt or Le- Lieferando or any of those companies to kind of hear how it's going. I hear a lot of really bad things about some of those companies. Um, Gorillas, which is uh, delivering groceries, mm-hmm. has been in the news a lot for kind of treating people unfairly and stuff. Really? Um, yes. And I think the other one was the other one called um, Flink. I think is a little bit better, probably. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I kind of want to hear some first-person accounts. I guess cleaning is also... I would also put cleaning in this category. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you can be like an actual full-time cleaner, probably with a salary and a job. Mm -hmm. But I think the more common case these days is either to do it kind of illegally without paying taxes, or as part of the gig economy where someone books you through an app or through a website and then you show up mm-hmm. and get paid for yeah. that one gig.
1: It's also like babysitting can technically be a dog sitting. Yeah. Those are, of, are like the old school gig economy. Yeah. Things. They still work though. Yeah. Like I thought about that. I'm like, why am I not a dog sitter? <laughs> yeah. like I could totally do that.
0: And I don't think it's black and white. I mean, I really think if you just arrived at a place and you just need to make money mm-hmm. fast one way or the other, you know, it can be a good option. Yeah. I just, yeah, really always feel a little bit like people are probably being taken advantage of.
1: 100%. 100%. I mean, people, unfortunately, we live in a world where people are taken advantage of. But it's like what you said, if you need it, you kind of do what you have to do. Like in LA, if you want to be a filmmaker, you're doing a lot of free internships or a lot of underpaid PA positions in order to get what you want, which is also an option of a gig economy doing. It's like um, being an assistant somewhere, being a PA if you want to do film. Um, If you want to do photography or whatnot, you can also find people who are looking for extra hands and stuff like that. That's technically gig economy.
0: Yeah, I, I think now we're maybe transitioning into the next category. I just wanted to... Say, if anyone's listening who is doing any of these jobs, I would love for you to kind of pay us a visit yes, on the show good. and tell us about your experience. Because I really feel like, I don't know enough. I want to learn more. I want to learn what it's like doing those jobs and do people tip, for example. like I, Whenever I use one of those services, which obviously I do, it's just so convenient, but I always try to be a good tipper to alleviate my guilty conscience and hope that then in the end it's worth it. But yeah, I just, I hear that many people don't give anything. Mm -hmm. So I just want to hear kind of uh, what it's like. The next section category would be like freelance slash entrepreneur. So anything where you're not fully employed, you don't get a contract with 40 weekly hours and a salary, but where you're kind of doing a job here and there and being mm-hmm. paid based on those jobs. So that's basically what you were saying. Those Technically, yeah. Those jobs would usually be either freelance or, yeah, freelance, I guess. I guess mm-hmm. the difference between freelance and entrepreneur is really important. Freelance would be you looking for jobs, individual jobs that people give you that you do and entrepreneurs, obviously, you building your own business, thing. yeah. Business. So they're very different in that way, but I put them in the same bucket because they're basically you having some skill or talent and trying to mm-hmm. monetize it yes
1: which actually in berlin is not really hard to get a visa as a freelancer
0: right the famous um, freelance visa yeah we yes. did touch about that in the beginning
1: yes and particularly or oh, more specifically the freelance artist visa uh-huh. um the freelance artist visa is a visa that you can technically get like if you're able to to if you're lucky enough to get an actual appointment at the Ausland Bohoff Auslanderbehörde. That was close. Um, if you're able to get an appointment there, um and you're an artist, you can actually get your visa approved that appointment
0: day. Right. And then you're able to work on a freelance basis. Mm-hmm. Whatever doing artistic
1: yeah, things. whatever you call art art walking dogs gonna be hard if you want it to be really i'm sure <laughs> there are some more specific yeah. rules <laughs> but yes the, the freelance pathway is a good pathway if you do have a certain skill that is high in demand here or whatnot um it's also important you know to make sure that um you are able to I me mean, find the right people who are going to want to pay for a freelancer or whatnot which i think um if you're Given like the general quality skill, skills, like let's say marketing, design, photography, arts, or I mean, even business finance and whatnot, it's not that difficult to find jobs. There's a lot of online job portals who are looking for freelancers or Contractors is a, another term to use there, so I would just encourage you to use your best friend Google and find some opportunities there. Um, it's very common thing for jobs to not want to hire somebody, yeah. but just want to actually have someone that they can just have on like a contracting basis.
0: Yeah, depending on the area, especially you know designers and stuff. And I, apart from Google, I think the most important thing is getting to know a lot of people because yeah. most people who need a designer. They don't necessarily post an ad for sure. They ask someone, Hey, do you know a good designer? And so, yeah, I think a lot of freelancers or entrepreneurs who are who haven't quite built a business that is sustaining them completely do some kind of mix where they find a job in retail or in a bar or whatever for two days of the week, three days of the week. And then do the thing that they really want to pursue Mm -hmm. on the other days. And I think it's a good model, honestly. I knew a lot of um, kind of artists and actors in my old job who worked in the Apple Store for two or three days a week Mm -hmm. to pay the rent, whether or not they have gigs, and then do do the other stuff.
1: Yeah. It's a good model, especially... As it can be very stressful <laughs> trying to just be a freelancer. Like I, I have friends who are on the freelance basis. And the thing with freelancing is you can have really great months, but you can also have really dead months as right. well. And it can be very unpredictable, you know. So unless you don't unless you have a savings or whatnot, you know, it is kind of good to um, have some sort of steadiness yeah. in between that if you're able to. You know, obviously sure. it's not always easy, but if you can.
0: The other part that maybe is a little specific to Germany is that having some kind of employment, which is the third bucket, obviously like a full-time employment job in Germany is defined as 40 hours a week, so five, eight-hour days. Um, But if you are employed even as little as, I think, 16 hours or maybe even less, then your health insurance and kind of taxes go through that employment. And that's one of the big downsides of being just a freelancer, for example, is that you will have to pay for your own health insurance. And while everybody in Germany, asterisk, almost everybody has health insurance, it's not free. It's just that we have a system where everybody pays it. And when you're employed, the employer pays the other half. And if you are freelance or self-employed and you have to pay all of it yourself, it is very, very expensive. And so, having a small piece of the puzzle where you just have a job where you're employed, then that takes away all of that because it, you know, your health insurance goes through your employer. I'm really bad at explaining this. I'm just saying this model where you take some kind of job, even if it's not your dream job, for two days of the week kind of can alleviate a lot of the stress in terms of mm-hmm. what do you do on a bad in a bad month and what do you do about health insurance and stuff
1: can you talk a little bit more about this whole taking a job that may not be your dream job because especially like when i like a few years ago i mean just like when I moved back to America, I struggled with that because I'm like, if I have a job, I want it to be the perfect job for myself. I ended up selling with a job that was not my dream job, but it did pay the bills. And I can imagine that some people struggle with that. You know, there's a little bit of a pride thing there too of like, well, I don't want to take a job that is not anything in line with what I want to do. But sometimes in terms of health insurance, it, it, there's some pros and cons that you have to weigh.
0: Right. I think, I mean, there's probably always a little bit of compromise involved, no matter what. And at least I personally think it is a better compromise to do something that is okay, that pays the rent and pays the health insurance for some time, and then have the rest of the time free for you to really dedicate yourself to your dream and to your goal and to what you want to achieve rather than settling on something full-time that is maybe better than that retail job, but is also not your dream. You know, I I respect the people who are pursuing their dream and doing anything they need to do to make that happen, rather than saying, look, I can live comfortably with this job, and it's not too hard, and, you know, I can just do that and mm-hmm. watch TV at night. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think... That retail job, it's not you giving up on your dream. It's the opposite. It's you doing what you have to do to pursue your dream. Yes,
1: exactly. And I mean, every if we're talking about artists in particular, every artist has that story. right? You know, doing the waitress job for like, like you said, two to three days and then doing your own stuff like on, on the side. It's a ne- it's just necessary, you know. But it's all also about how you perceive it as well. You know, right. if you perceive it as this is something helping me versus, ugh. I'm doing something, then it'll make the entire experience much different.
0: Right, and also I think it can, you know, I'm 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 banging on this retail example. Obviously, there's many other things you could do, and retail for some people might be their dream. Like, I'm just giving it as an example because I'm familiar with it. Um, but there's a lot of things you can actually learn there, and mm-hmm. if you're otherwise dedicated to be whatever, a painter, right, and you're by yourself painting images, it's just a completely different world, and it can only kind of enhance your worldview and broaden your perspective to also do those things. Or if you're a writer, you know, you need to live life. I don't know. It's just, I, I think doing those kinds of things is is something you should view very positively and not, not, not as a compromise that you shouldn't be doing. Yes.
1: You're not compromising on your dreams, folks. You're just doing what you gotta do to make it happen.
0: One thing that you should probably be aware of if you're taking a job in Germany and it's like a salaried job, is, and I remember you being surprised of this, is that um, we do pay a lot of taxes yep. and other things like health insurance. Yep, And so if you get a job offer in Germany, we can link to a website called Brutto Netto, Netto Rechner. And it's, it's a, essentially a calculator where you can put in all of the information, your salary, your, um, your birthday, your Steuerklasse. So like if you're not married, like your default Steuerklasse is number one, which you pay a lot of tax. Are you a member of the church or not? Because we have church tax in Germany, which German state you live in, all of this stuff, you put it all in, and then it tells you exactly what your, Net income will be like what will be the amount of money that will actually land on your bank account, and this is I think important to know so you don't get very a shock. Important very and also important. so you can know how much rent you can actually afford and all of those. Very types of things. I didn't do that. Just, <laughs> but I, I'm I'm
1: grateful. But yeah, I definitely definitely recommend. You know, just. Being as transparent as you can with your own self, you know, and doing that. So you're not surprised. Granted, like I said, but the pros is you do get a lot of benefits as well from it. Like you're not just, they're not just taking money out of your account. It's going nowhere, you know, you do see that money. And isn't like at the end of the year, don't you guys have like tax returns and stuff like that? Right.
0: You have to do your taxes um, by April, I think officially, or September is like the last deadline Mm -hmm. for the previous year. And if you are only employed, like if you just have a regular job and you're employed, then usually you will get money back. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of de- depending on how many expenses you had related to your job, like um, going to and from work, for example, and then obviously things like donations and stuff like this, all of the, all of these things you can deduct from your work. I think that's the same in most countries. Mm-hmm. And then based on all of that, you will get anywhere between a few dozen and a few hundred mm-hmm. uh, euros back. And that's usually a nice surprise. So, We love Germany. So uh, should we quickly talk about how to find a job? I mean, it's so impossible to answer this that I don't know if it even makes sense to talk about it. I mean, it still does. I mean, I'll give you the answer that I gave myself. is
1: Google it. <laughs> right. um, there's a lot of different methods of finding a job. I still don't remember how I found easy languages particularly but i do think google played a big part into that um i think it's important to take initiative to finding things i mean you have google you have linkedin you have um there's a website called going global g-o-i-n global.com that's like for like Internationally, it shows you like a lot of different. um, I think that's the website's name. Can you check for me? Um, It it shows you like all of the um, all like the job opportunities abroad that you can like look at. Um, One of my friends said that. um, So he decided he visited. He started visiting Berlin maybe three weeks, three months ago, and. Only this month that he decided that he wanted to like actually sit, stay here. So for the past two weeks, he was just like, he told himself he's going to apply for five to 10 jobs a day. Just throw his resume out there and just see. Um, and I think that is very helpful. Um, you know, doing what you can to just throw it out there and to see what sticks.
0: Go in global with no G. At the well, I guess it's going g- global, but it's all mixed in one word. We'll link it in the show notes. Um, LinkedIn, you mentioned LinkedIn. LinkedIn is huge in Germany. So, yeah, you should probably, if you're looking for some kind of full time job, probably have a profile there, probably look for job offers there. Um, Berlin specific, there is a newsletter called Voloho. And that stands for work, love, home. So it's three different newsletters. You can subscribe to just one or all three of them. And the work letter is just um, job postings. That's actually how they make their money. The other ones are basically free. Like if you have um, a flat share you want to offer, like that's free. But if you want to post a job as a company, you have to pay. And I think those kind of smaller circles whether it's this newsletter or groups i know you've had success with facebook groups in many areas of your life i think it's good to like be present in those and keep an eye out because some jobs might appear there that don't appear on indeed or linkedin or those kind of bigger things and then obviously everybody knows this but it is important to say is that most jobs i think someone did like some research uh I don't remember the exact exact number, but I think like seventy percent of all jobs never even get posted online ever because they just through people, through people, through connections. It's really <laughs> networking is important. Networking. I hate that term networking because it sounds like a task, like like a business, ha- yeah, right. Like I think it's just I think connecting, it, connecting, and having a posture of. Being in the world, right? Yeah. And being helpful and sharing your knowledge and mm-hmm. sharing your connections. If you kind of talk to people and get to know people and tell them what you know and offer to help them, and you are in any way, shape, or form resourceful, that can lead to a job. Like yeah. I've seen it happen many times where someone just, you know, became part of some company or project because they were just helpful in the beginning and then it just worked out that way.
1: Yes. The best advice that I always try to give myself and other people is very scary and daunting, but it's, you got to put yourself out there. Yeah. You got to. You're, if you're that person who stands in the corner and waits for the world to come to you, you might be very disappointed. um, Because someone like you said if they're going to go to someone else that they know or they're going to have a connection with and you you have no connections then it's like how do you build that up you know the way that i am here in these languages because i put myself out there i applied for the easy german position didn't get it but i make a connection with you guys and then a few months later you know it all came back around right um it's very important i think to you know keep in contact with people don't burn bridges um, make sure that you are keeping up these human-to-human connections. Yes, everything can be online, but nothing beats a human-to-human interaction. Yeah. Nothing
0: does. And I'm really a fan of this phrase that you said, putting yourself out there, because the beautiful thing of the internet, I think, is that it makes it possible for you to put yourself out there even if you're an introvert, for example, and you don't want to be on a stage or at a cocktail party talking to everybody, you can start a blog. You can start a podcast. Exactly. You can have a Twitter account and share resourceful things or a TikTok account, whatever. But like trying to be resourceful and offering something to the world, you know, I love these stories where um, some of them might might also be apocryphal. But like, I think there was a guy once who basically thought that the American Airlines website was so horrific that he just designed a completely new one and like gave it to them. He's like, here, I made this, like you should use this, it's much better. And I don't know if they even ended up using it or ended up hiring him. But I just think that that's such a great thing to do. If you are young and you have the time and the skill and the talent, just whatever bothers you in the world, whatever you see that could be better, just make it better and mm-hmm. like give it to the world as a gift. Exactly, and that will lead to so many opportunities in the future. Yes, you can only
1: be rewarded for helping. You know, right? You can only be rewarded for giving. Um, the best question, like aside from what my suggested about you know starting your own blog or whatnot, if if the if you're asking how can I put myself out there, ask yourself the question: How can I help? you will find that answer and then just try to help that way. But like, I just think, I don't know. I'm just a person. I don't want to die with any regrets. So it's like, I would rather deal with the fear of exposing myself or putting myself out there than not trying at all. And like, that's the, just the thing I can give everybody is just, just try, just try apply for your jobs, do your gigs, do your freelancing, just try. And eventually I can't give you the timeline, but eventually it will stick.